Oh, you hear that transition? Wait a minute, here comes a good one. All right, wait, wait, wait for it. There it is, yay! Yay! Hey, it almost was like a fade out. Yeah, you just have to talk over it. <laughs> All right. We ready to roll? Sure. Let's go. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the It's Too Wordy comic book podcast, where a few buddies talk about comics from their childhood and today. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. I'm Kirk. And tonight we are doing Crisis on Infinite Earths number nine and G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, issue 278, along with all the other fun stuff that we normally do. So, Nick, I know you didn't get a chance for Crisis. Kirk, I'm assuming you didn't read Crisis, correct? Uh, I'm waiting until we do another series. That's perfect. You don't want to so, hop in at nine? No, not really. <laughs> it's easy to catch up at this point. Oh, um, yeah. It's worth <laughs> it, too. So I think we'll start with Crisis and just knock that out of the park real quick. And cool. then we'll get over to G.I. Joe where we can have some bigger conversation. All right. So with this particular issue, number nine, we have all the villains running at you on the cover with Lex Luthor leading the way. So pretty cool cover. I don't know why it doesn't get more love. Um, all right. So as a Green Lantern fan, this is a big issue for me because this is where Guy Gardner becomes a full-fledged Green Lantern. He's given the ring. The Guardians are saying, we need somebody to take charge. Go do it. And Guy's like, you bet. Um, and at that point where the guardians are hanging out, the building completely explodes and all the immortal guardians, except for one have died again. Well, I guess later on it would be again because it's the first time they died. Um, and the nameless guardian tells guy that it's up to him to go save the universe and to avenge all the other Guardians that have now died. And further adventures are continued in Green Lantern 195. He has some one. weird, he has some very weird, like, uh, wording for for uh, Guy Gardner in his. It's like, I know this was early on, but it doesn't seem like he would say, like, by all that is holy, I am yours. Like, uh, yeah. what? That doesn't sound like Guy. Well, in early issues of Green Lantern, so his first appearance, I think, was 55. Um, he was just a gym teacher, of you know, kind of laid-back gym teacher type. Yeah, I guess we got to wait for him to get brain damage, right? He, yeah, he kind of goes wacky after this whole thing's over. And th this actually starts leading to that, because if you think about it, he now thinks he's the sole and best Green Lantern because the Guardians chose him. The ring didn't choose him. The Guardians chose him. Well, he is, right? He is the greatest Green Lantern of all time, right? Sure. <laughs> he, he's right up there. I'd say he's probably in my top ten. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> he was. Yes, he was. Um, what I miss about what I love about these old books is that they always make reference to where you can pick up the next story arc or where 
this item happened, you know, so you don't get completely lost. Where new books, you're like, where did this happen at? And then you had to start Google searching and hoping you're finding the right ter- time frame for when that event happened so you could go look at, you know. Mm-hmm. So I do miss that. Um, so this particular issue is called Warzone. And we basically have the Legion of Doom plus size. I mean, they've got everybody in here. they got Parasite, and they've got... Uh, Solomon Grundy, and Joker, and Star Sapphire, I mean, you name it, Flip, or Clipso. I mean, there's just a menagerie of villains. And if you remember in last issue, T.O. Morrow disappeared. You can't and forget the greatest villain, Catman. Catman. Cat yeah. God, I love Catman. He became quite the badass in Secret Six. You know, I think even at one point I saw the Rainbow Raider in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's there. He's on the next page. Yep, there he is. Okay. <laughs> I just along, I remember looking at him like, hey. Along with the original Harley Quinn. Yeah. Harlequin. Uh, Alan Scott's wife, right? Yep. Yeah. There's been so many of them, I can't remember who's been who anymore. So, um... T.O. Morrow shows up and um, explains that he was just on the Justice League satellite and what's he doing here? And he finds out he's on Brainiac's ship and um, Dr. Polaris says, hey, you don't know what's happening on the Earth. Uh, We do. We need your help. And Simon with the see-through brain dome thing is like, yeah, you're absolutely right. We need your help. So Brainiac names Lex Luthor his man in charge of his of of these groups, or of all these here or villains, excuse me. And there is one in the back that comes running forward and starts yelling and saying that uh, he is Luthor of Earth Two, and his genius is just as or is far superior than the Lex Luthor we all know and love. And Brainy, uh, Luther from two goes, yeah, you don't need him. And Brainiac's like, you're absolutely correct. So he like fried him, shot a beam at him, and he's dead. And all the villains seem to realize this was no joke. And Lex follows that up with, uh, good, okay, boys and girls, here's the plan. Then we hop out into space where there is a uh, tam- that's not gonna be- is Tamarian uh, Star Sapphire yeah or Star Tamaran Tamaran yes Tamaran yeah. ship shows up and they have to bring back um... <laughs> your favorite your favorite <laughs> yes oh <laughs> Both my favorites. Oh my god, it's got Starfire and Jericho. Yeah, great. Oh. You know, the uh the Harpo Marks of the DC universe. <laughs> so they're they're bring, have to bring Starfire back to um uh, her planet, but they won't say why. You know, it's up to the king to tell her 
why they need her. And um, Jericho overhears this conversation and is just listening because that's what Jericho does. And Starfire introduces Nightwing as her lover. And Nightwing's like, wow, you don't hold anything back. Fantastic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We hop on down to... uh, Earth. One of the Earths in the Greenwich Village. And we see Cyborg and uh, Firehawk flying over the crowd. And people are getting excited because in the warp zone area where some of the earths are merging, there's dinosaurs and stuff like that. And we find out that Donna Troy is very concerned about her husband who is now currently in the warp zone. And oh, you can't forget that this is another superhero sitting on a ledge moping. being worried. <laughs> yes. Yes, that is true. This is the third time. <laughs> oh, they just love that gag. Um, And they find out in the warp zone they're keeping everybody in. So Donna is very concerned. And then we start seeing all these news reporters talking about what's going on. Once Lois Lane's talking to Rip Turner, or Rip Hunter, excuse me, Rip Turner, Rip Hunter. <laughs> and um, then somebody's calling or talking to Dr. Kilburn, and one person's talking to uh, Will, Dr. Will Magnus who created the middleman and he's like, yeah, I don't know anything about this. That's not really my area of expertise. And she's like, well, thanks. We really appreciate your expertise on this. Um, <laughs> and Donna's, we go back to Donna and Donna's like, yeah, I'm positive. He's okay. Well, they get, got Donna special permission to go into the warp zone to go find her husband and Firehawk who just met Donna is like, yeah, I'm bored already. I'll go hang out with you and try to help you find your husband. And Donna's like, no, I'm good. She's like, no, really, let me come along. She's like, okay, well, why not? You know, I'm, I could use some company. So off they took off. Um, then we get some commentary about how uh, Clark Kent has been very distant and distraught ever since Supergirl had passed away um, and very cold shouldered. Then we run into Sergeant Rock and his crew on Earth-1 during a World War II and they're trying to figure out what's all going on. Um, they've never seen anything like this before. Obviously, the rest of the world has not either. Uh, some of their heroes have died. They're trying to figure out what they're supposed to do, um, so forth and so on. And meanwhile, in the United Nations, on Earth-1, Alexander Luthor, uh, Layla and Pariah are all having, are talking to United Nations uh, we didn't want to forget that Lady Quark still has an issue with Pariah because when Pariah showed up, her whole planet got destroyed. She was the sole survivor. So she's like, I don't necessarily hate him, but I'm not ready to forgive him yet. Um, and so they think all the crisis is pretty much t- done. They're trying to discuss how to take care of everything. And all of a sudden, Pariah starts freaking out, and poof, he's gone. And Brainiac's head shows up and says, we're taking over the Earth." Um, and from reading this, I, if I recall right, they're only concerned about basically two Earths, and the three will just be kind of the other three will be kind of cannon fodder. But you know, whatever. Yeah, they um, just want to save one and two. They don't care yeah. about three. 
Well, Clark Kent realizes this is a job for Superman and uh, how Kara sacrificed her life and he is not going to allow uh, her to die in vain. And because we haven't seen him yet, Jack Ryder shows up for the News, Bo- News Boston, of uh, Jack Ryder of News Boston. And he goes into an alleyway in front of an ambush bug co- uh, poster and hmm. switches over to his alter ego, ego, the Creeper. And then finally we have... Um, I don't know if I caught this guy's name. Uh, an air pit, air biplane pilot. Um, they said his name somewhere in here. I can't find it. Um, Mrs. Savage's little son, Steve. So Steve, Steve Savage um, is seeing this stuff going on. And he jumps in his plane to go do whatever he does in a biplane. Um, in the meantime, we have Superman from Earth 2 and uh, Power Girl slamming against the walls that are dividing the planets, trying to get in. Dr. Fate's trying to do his magic and trying to get it to work. And Jade and Alan, Scott, and uh, Starman are in space trying to get in, and they're just all struggling with it. And then we switch over to Blue Valley, um, where we see a young man laying on his bed named Wallace, and... It's Jay Garrick and Layla who shows up to say um, they really need Wally to take over. They can't figure out what happened to Barry. Um, they need somebody to step in, and they hand Bear- Wally a spare flash ring. Um, so Kid Flash is now back on the scene with Jay Garrick. They are doing the treadmill Time, tra- time traveling treadmill, putting it all together. And then we have all the heroes kind of standing around on these platforms with the, pl- the treadmill and Wildcat, the new and improved Wildcat uh, shows up and says, Hey, I'm in. And then the metal men are like, yep, we want to go too." got the new doom patrol. Um, the creepers talking to Superman's like, Hey, what's up with lady quark or who's this? You don't know her. He's like, oh, she's a good one. You can trust me. He's like, yeah, I don't trust anybody. Um, we see Jason Todd in Robin costume uh, talking about how nervous he is to Batman. And Hawk has a problem from the Hawk and Dove fame. They have a problem with some of the Russian superheroes that are there. And Wally and Jay just start tearing off on the treadmill. And everybody's in amazement that they can barely see him. So you figure that they'd be around flashes enough that they would have seen this before. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. What? They're moving so fast. Like a flash. Okay. Um, <laughs> then we're back on Brainiac ship and Luther is, <clears throat> is talking about the odds with um, Brainiac how the Brainiac calculated 60% loss on their side, where it'd be an 80% loss on uh, the superhero side. And Luther's like, yep, don't care. We're going to still win. Um, then we see the trickster and the Riddler on top of a building. And 
uh, Beast Boy comes flying in as a bird, changes into a gorilla, and knocks him off. And then we have... Um, oh, excuse me, it's not Beast Boy, it's the Changeling at this point. Um, Tempest and Cole flying through the air and attacking some of the villains, and we just start seeing fights every place. Um, well, geez, I don't even know who this one is. Uh, oh, nope, excuse me. Aqua Girl dies in this one. They don't give her a big send-off. Um, Superman's fighting Starro. Sinestro's fighting Plastic Man. I mean, Elongated Man. Chaos. Elongated Man, excuse me. <laughs> He stretches, you know. (laughs) One thinks uh, he's funny, one's actually funny. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Um, Still, Steel is getting his costume ripped to shreds, and um, he gets hit in the head with a shot from the Brotherhood and disappears in front of Vibe, which makes Vibe very upset, uh, and nobody wants to piss off Vibe. Uh, Eclipso hits Wonder Woman in the back. Uh, Aquaman is frozen in air thanks to Captain Cold. And uh, then we see Killer Frost has joined up with the villains. At one point, she was in love with Firestorm at the beginning of this and was helping, and now she's one of the villains and is kind of concerned about the situation. Not really crazy about what's going on. Uh, Poison Ivy's got the Freedom Fighters all caught up. Joker's hitting on Phantom Lady. Um, yeah, lots, lots and lots and lots and lots of fighting. Um, and then we're back on Brainiac's ship, and Luther's like, hey, uh, Brainiac, you haven't said anything in a while. And he looks over at Brainiac, and Brainiac starts vibrating and shaking really badly and starts glowing bright red. And kapoof, he blows up. And we come to find out, Luther's like, what in the heck? You know, that was a sneak attack. Where did that sneak attack come from? Well, Simon, who we talked about at the very beginning, was still on the ship. He overheard all the plans. He wasn't really happy about that. And so he killed Brainiac, or destroyed Brainiac, and now is about to destroy Lex Luthor. And that's where we end with issue nine. Yay! Yeah, it helped that there was a lot of fighting. <laughs> yeah. All Some right. of those issues, there was nothing going on other than just sitting around talking about stuff. Yeah. Ugh. I got worried about that when we got to the UN part again. I'm like, ugh, here we go again. Yeah, because you know what's going to help? The UN. They're going to uh, do nothing against a, like, a thing that can take away, like, universes let's bring right. the un in let's uh let's bring yeah no because that always helps yeah let's All put right. it in a committee for six months and see what happens <laughs> yeah yeah i think the idea of what they were trying to for in that was a good idea but i mean come on you're bringing in politics odds are it's not going to work out anyhow all right so That brings us to G.I. Joe, issue 278, Untold Tales. Um, I know I've been really digging these Untold Tales. 
Uh, Nick, I know you kind of like the one that we did a while back. Um, this one, we are getting an untold tale of it's the picture of snow job on the front skiing down the hill along with, uh, some other snow Joes. So what'd you guys think of this one? I really liked it. You know, um, it was a quick read. It yeah. was, it actually, you know, you kind of like, we're like, holy crap, you know, in the comics, these guys can die. So you're like, uh, who's going to die in this one? You know, right. because they get, they get pretty messed up. You know, they're running out of ammo, but there is a problem that I do have with this issue. And back in the early run, there was an issue of wild weasel and ace, and they were in a plane battle. Mm-hmm. I think it's issue 27. It's like one of my favorite issues. Yeah, they had the painted cover. Yep. And it was just the two of them, you know, with their co-pilots, like Baroness and Scarlet, or I can't remember, but they they were running low on ammo through the whole thing. They were just kind of like, oh my God, now I got to switch to guns, I'm out of missiles. And then they ran out of everything, and then they just took off apart. You know, they just slew each other and went their separate ways. And that's exactly how I got from this one, too, was we're, we're... small group of Joes versus a small group of Cobra. We're low on ammo. Who's going to win with the last bullet? You know? And it's like, that's exactly the feeling I had from the last one. But I did, I really did like it. I mean, I like the, the way they brought in characters that we hardly ever see um, in a, in a locale that we rarely see in the cartoons. You know, uh, I'm going to base a lot of my knowledge. I haven't read all the comics, so I'm going to base a lot of my knowledge on the cartoon. And, you know, you see the Arctic every once in a while. But you never really get to see, like, you know, Snowjob shows up. He does this thing, and then you never see him again. You know? Yeah. But there was one part that uh, they're they're in one of the vehicles, right? And... There's a girl in the front seat that looks exactly like Cover Girl, just with dark hair, <laughs> wearing the same clothes, and it gets really confusing on who's who. Yeah, I thought so too. I yeah, I, I had to read like, it a couple of times to figure it out. Okay, it wasn't just me. No. Um. Yeah, there was. I'm like, well, that looks like Cover Girl. How is she in the back, but she's in the. Right, she's with (laughs) low light and snow job, and then in the other one, she's with. I was like, "What? Who?" Yeah, it took me a while. Yeah, Um, that one I didn't. That that page was very tough. Um, I will say that that was horrible. Uh, Oh, it was issue thirty-four. My bad, Nick. That's okay. <laughs> you know how we are. We don't care. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've always thought the Snow Crew was, like, awesome and always some of my favorite shows. Snow Job, probably right up there with top top three, four shows that I like. Then you got Iceberg and you got... Uh, Frostbite and Blizzard. I mean, 
And then the snow serpents were always, I thought they always looked super cool. You know, um, I know low lights in this. I'm not a, I think they kind of overuse low light with the sniper thing. I would, you know, they seems like they always have him as a sniper on a mission or whatever. They've got other snipers they could use, but I'd like to see, but I'm not going to complain because they are focusing on the Joes. A lot of Joes that you're not seeing cover girls. Another one. Um, yeah, with the cartoons, I've watched all the episodes. There's only a few where snow job came in and did his thing. You really never met frostbite. The only iceberg episode I remember is when he got mutated into a killer whale. Um, if you remember that one, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, you just don't see the snow battles and it, I thought this was really good. Uh, I liked how they had the lazy guys working on the bat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, get to work on it. Yeah, uh, I don't really don't yeah, care. Yeah, I'll check those. Yeah, yeah we'll get it. We'll get <laughs> to good. it. It's fine. Um, yeah. They, I'm loving these untold stories. Uh, they're very much kind of along the lines of the special mission stuff but they are focusing on those shows you don't see um, a ton of. So, yeah, I've, I've been really enjoying these. What, what are, what's our rating scale thing? Is it the rings, Nick? Is that what we're yeah, trying to get going? Power rings. Power rings. All right. So how many power rings would you give this one, Kirk? Uh, I'll say three. Three power rings? Yep. Nick? I'll give it a four. I'm going to give it a four as well, just because of the characters and there somebody out there listened to me complaining that it was just the same shows over and over and over again. And the other thing I like about it with these untold stories, they're actually doing it with uh, the there for a little bit. They kind of went into the whole technology thing where they're modernizing stuff all the time, Tiger Force, you know, that kind of junk, and they're kicking this back to an older school style where you're not seeing all the modernized weapons like, you know, in later issues of the original Marvel run. Uh, so it's kind of cool to kind of see that kind of stuff going on in there. So awesome. Awesome. All right. That swings us over to our random reads. Who wants to go first? I'll go Don't first. Matter. Cool. All right. So this week I picked up um, X Force number seventeen uh, because it's got Quentin Quire and he kind of became one of my favorite uh, characters from reading Wolverine uh, and the X Men. Wolverine and the X Men. <laughs> And this one is, it's talking about he keeps dying, and he's tired of dying. <laughs> and he's dating, he's in love with one of the cuckoos. And it's talking about how he doesn't want to die tonight because he has a date with her. And then he ends up dying. <laughs> um, and... So they bring him back to life, and 
he gets uh, he uh, gets what he wants. He want he doesn't want to have to wear glasses anymore, and he's starting to mature. And so, whichever cuckoo it is, I, I still can't keep him straight. Um, takes him shopping for a new costume, and she says the punk punk look is kind of old. And he's like, hey, I you know. I spent a lot of time and effort putting a thought into this uh, costume of mine. And so they go through different um, iterations of the costume. And, uh, you know, they, the first one is um, he's wearing like leather and spikes and stuff like that. And he says, well, this one's too, uh, hold on, let me get to it. This one is, wow, I can't seem to get to it. Can't find it. Hold on, shit. So he's outside the shop and the piano almost falls on him. So it, and he says, I don't want to die as it's falling and misses him. Um, he says it's too post-apocalyptic. Uh, post and then he's got like a full uh, leotard bodysuit on and it says too clingy. <laughs> and then uh, he does a cable uniform and he says it's too pouchy. <laughs> um, then he's got a clear shield and it says it's showing too much pee pee <laughs> and then he's got a um, sh- gladiator costume on and he says to Shi'ar and then he's got a he's dressed up as a wolverine as a wolverine and it says too bad mentory <laughs> and then it settles on a black uh all black with pink uh pink uh highlights to it and it has the omega symbol and it actually looks pretty cool and that's what it leaves off on and it's pretty much all that was with the uh the book um not much went on except you got to see his new costume. Um, so, and how he doesn't want to die. Uh, it was a, it was an okay book. I'd give it two and a half power rings. So, nice. Wow. I would have thought with all the X-Men stuff going on that there would probably have been a little bit more to that book than just costume shopping, I guess. Well, that's all I got out of it because I'm lost. No, you're fine. I just... (laughs) Yeah. So, um... And then I read the second volume of Grant Morrison's X-Men... And it's basically trying to save Charles from Cassandra Nova. 
and uh, it ended kind of weird. Um, they kind of made her into an invalid child and teaching her in the school. So I'm not sure what they were trying to, to get, you know, it was really weird. So, uh, sometimes I wonder why I, I, I remember why I skipped it. Mm-hmm. So, but that was pretty much all I read. Cool. All right, Nick, you want to go? Sure. All right, so Ryan and I, we were talking about, like, comics from our childhood that we used to have that we probably sold and why I don't sell comics anymore, and they're hard to find. And luckily, he was able to find me 50 issues of, out of the early 100 issues of FemForce, which right about now, with me doing all this research in the Golden Age superheroes, and um, we'll talk about the store later that I opened. Um, this is like right up my alley right now, which is really weird because what uh, Bill Black and Mark Heike did was they took characters from the Golden Age that were in public domain and they reimagined them as an all-girl like superhero squad. And it looks like a, a boob comic, which... It can be at times, but this one was really well done. This is uh, number one Fem4 special, 52 page from I think like 1982, 1984. And this is Miss Victory, She Cat, Blue Bulleteer, and Rio Rita against Lady Luger. And if you, you know anything about Golden Age characters, this is the original Miss Victory from the Golden Age. This is uh, the Phantom Lady. Uh, the black cat and uh, I can't think of her name. Uh, Rio, Rio. Uh, oh my God. Well, but anyway, it's not a big deal. Um, what was her name? I'll find it. Uh, Senorita Rio, right? So these are, these are classic characters that are from the past. And this book is crazy because this is based in World War II. This is before the series started. And if you ever read like old Justice Society comics where they all get together and they all split up and go around the world to fight these things, this is exactly what this is. This is the group is together. They find out that Hitler has sent over Lady Luger to do you know, uh, sabotage things in different cities and they send the girls out to stop her. And the way it's written, the way it's put out, the, you know, laid out the, the wording that is used, how things like the meter, the, the timing and stuff is exactly like a golden age comic. It's drawn better than a golden age comic, but the pacing and, you know, the five chapters, like everything's like five or six pages long. They have to finish a story in that. And it's actually really fun to read. Um, I don't, I remember having this as a kid and I loved it back then. And I really like it now. Um, this is probably one of my favorite books that I've read maybe in the last year. Awesome. Awesome. There, dude. There, there are some little bits of, problems with the artwork like sometimes the inking gets a little bit overdone 
like there's a panel where uh senorita rio is talking to a supposed like spy that got captured and her face has really small line work and the the spy has really heavy black and it just kind of like weirds you out um they did do a lot of you can tell that these guys really love the golden age characters because there's a picture of phantom lady taken exactly from i think it's like issue five where she's tied up to the pole and she's on the uh she's on the pier i mean it's almost exactly the same um yeah i mean it's it is a it can okay yeah there's nipples okay yeah of course there is this is 85 and it's a black and white small press made by you know published by himself so he's good <laughs> yeah i mean this is 85 so of course there's like you know, a little bit more adult than maybe it was in the golden age. But after readings of the golden age stuff, it's like, holy shiz, you guys snuck a lot in. Uh, you guys got a lot past the censors that you guys probably shouldn't have. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is awesome. I, I really appreciate Ryan finding these for me and it was a lot of fun to read. Cool. So, like, my daughter wanted me to read it to her, and I'm like, I can't read this to you. <laughs> but I, I think there was less violence in the 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 Fem Force versus the like the Nazis than it, there was in GI Joe. Really? So, so it was it was more storyline of you know them going and trying to find the the saboteur. So. Pretty good. And I really, you know, like, since I was a kid, I love Phantom Lady. I love, you know, like, those old characters. And, yeah, these, these are, like, right up my alley. So these are really perfect. I'm not sure how the series is going to go, but uh, the, the special that started off the series is great. Awesome. Nice. We'll see what happens when they come into the modern age and just, like... <laughs> pretty cool that they've been publishing that since what did you say 85 85 Jeez. they're they're almost up to issue 200 and yeah and it's this, like the same guys it's like mark and his wife are doing some of the stories still and yeah i mean they've been doing it since then so hmm. trying to find those issues are going to be impossible like the later on ones but should be okay never know but you'll stumble across. Yeah. Well, which one? Didn't you find like a first appearance of Parasite or something? In a yeah. Bin? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you have I, incredible luck when it comes to finding that kind of stuff. I found that Charlton Blue Beetle in the quarter box. I found. Well, actually, he was in the dollar box. And then I found that uh, Our Man number one from Jack Kirby. It was in a dollar box. Wow. So. I was like, yes, I will take this $35 book off your hand. Thank you. <laughs> no issues with that no. at all. If you are going to put this in a dollar box, I am going to save it from some other asshole getting it. <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. Um, first, I just got done reading the most recent issue of Green Lantern, number 11. And that was probably the most comprehensive and enjoyable 
Morrison Green Lantern book I have read in the three years he's been writing it. <laughs> it was wow. fantastic. It made sense. They made reference to a couple of the goofy things that were going on in previous books that did not make sense. But he brought back villains that people have heard of. Hector Hammond, the shark. Uh, I think it was Tattoo Man. I mean, I was like, this is great. Um, so that means that the next issue is going to be a complete cluster. But the one thing I really did enjoy out of it is... He is trying to pass that on to the next writer because the Guardians are basically trying to retire Hal out of being a Lantern. And they did reference that uh, there's up-and-comers that are uh, that are there to take your place, like Teen Lantern from Young Justice and uh, Joe from Far Sector and... Uh, I'm blanking on the last kid's name. But they referenced that. I'm like, that is cool that they're doing that. And they, they're they basically saying, yeah, you're kind of getting... You don't have any self-control anymore. We can't control you at all. So you need to leave. And we would like our ring back. And he's like, ring, do you want to stay? And the ring goes, no, I'm going with you. <laughs> so the, the ring didn't even want to leave. Uh, Hal. Anyhow, I wasn't planning on reviewing that, but it was such a good story arc that I, or the storyline, I, I was very excited about that. Alright, so I have been reading a lot of Impact Comics. That comic group from the early 90s, they had characters like the Black Hood and Steel and Webb and Jaguar. All these just goofy characters that never really took off. And I think Nick actually pointed out that these characters actually existed before Impact Comics. And I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I start about the Silver Age and go forward. Because I don't have access to a lot of the Golden Age stuff. Well, a lot of them were from the Silver, like Flyman. And, yeah. Uh, well, of course, the Shield is from... The Golden, but yeah. Flyman, I think, was from the 60s. He was a knockoff Spider-Man. How about the Comet? The Comet's in here, yep. And the Jaguar. I think the Jaguar is just based off of, like, every girl um, ever. That's... So, well, I will comment on that in a second here. So, um... I ran across a series called The Mighty Crusaders uh, by Red Circle Comics Group. And I decided to do the first issue of it. And when I was looking at it, I'm like, hey, some of those characters actually look familiar. And realized, oh, these are those guys from the Impact that I'm reading about that I'm enjoying. So I decided to check it out. So I'm doing Mighty Crusaders number one, The All New Adventures. And this is basically Red Circle's way of getting putting the Justice League together for their, their characters, is what it is. And, um, you know, they have quality villains like um, the Brain Emperor, 
who very much looks like DC Simon. <laughs> but um, you get introduced to the Golden Age deal. You get introduced to uh, the fly. There's two of them. There's a male fly and a female fly. You get introduced to the jaguar, who is a male, which threw me off because in Impact, it was a female. Um, you get to see the black hood. You get the younger version of Steel, the more current version. Um, and what I really liked about this was, like, Steel was happy, helping break up a, a robbery, and he threw him through some glass, and the cops tried to arrest him. They're like, yeah, they're, they're stealing stuff, but you just kind of broke all their rights as well. You need to come with us. He's like, are you kidding? I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Finally. Somebody's calling out the heroes for to keep track of their stuff. Um, but this was a lot of fun. It was really in-depth reading. Um, there is a overall bad guy trying to find his name here. Where he looks like King Tut. But, um, oh, here we go. Eternio is his name. And he's kind of like the ringleader. And him and Brain Emperor are trying controlling all these criminals, and all these criminals buy in for a million dollars, and they get a part of the whole uh, ring of network of evil. And um, yeah, it's just they typical superheroes start fighting because you know they don't they know each other, but they really don't. They've never worked together as a team. And they kind of start doing some infighting, and come, the comet's trying to calm them down. And uh, the web is caught on a boat trying to uh, battle these gigantic robot monster type things. And the rest of the heroes show up to save the day, and it leaves off with. Uh, them, the bad guys raising Atlantis while they're doing all this fighting. And what I thought was really cool was there is a like a history of each character that appears in here as far as the superheroes go. So there's a history of the Golden Age shield. There's the history of the Comet, the Web, uh, the Black Hood, the Jaguar, and the Fly, and then uh, Captain Lancelot Strong. The shield or the current shield. So it's kind of neat. They kind of give the backstory of how they got these powers and things like that. Um, yeah, I picked up all the issues or as many issues as I could find on it. And we'll keep reading and see how it goes. But I kind of enjoyed it. All right. The other issue I picked up, I couldn't pass this up. Um, I felt that this is a book that needed to be covered by somebody. And I figured you two would not buy it at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about Street Sharks, issue one. And uh, 
this is the introduction of the Street Sharks in the, to the comic world. And this was a, what was it, early 90s toy, Nick? Or was it 80s? It was 80s. Was it? Now, I remember it being a cartoon. Never watched it. I remember the toys. Never had any. Um, so I was coming into this kind of cold outside of the fact that I knew they existed. Um, and to make sure that I didn't miss anything, I bought both covers of issue one. So I'm thinking about framing them side by side. Um, but <laughs> it starts off where Paradigm is in a lab and the owner of the lab actually had to break into the lab but he's the owner of the lab it made no sense to me but you see him like cutting the wire to get into his own lab um and paradigm is trying to combine human dna with sea creatures and it just didn't work out um so he, Paradigm, it, his boss is um, the guy that just broke in. Oh, Dr. Bolton just broke into the lab. And so he pushes him into this container and hits the button and the shark DNA goes flowing into Dr. Bolton. And um, big, big blow up in the factor or the, the lab and Paradigm looks over at where he locked up Bolton, and there's a big hole where Bolton was at. And he turns around, and the two, the shark and the lobster that he injected human DNA in had now become real-life monsters behind him. And in the meantime, Dr. Bolton also found, uh, excuse me, Dr. Er, Paradigm found Dr. Bolton's watch on the floor, so he grabbed it. He's like, I've always liked this watch. I'm going to keep it. So he goes into the, uh, Fusion City the next day, where his lab, Dr. Bolton's lab assistant's like, hey, has anybody seen Dr. Bolton? He's been gone for a while, not showing up for his appointments. This is very unlike him. And Paradigm's like, oh, yeah, call his sons. Tell them to meet me at the nuclear plant down the road as he looks at Dr. Bolton's watch. Well, the assistant recognizes Dr. Bolton's watch. He's like, she's like, eh, something's kind of fishy here. Um, they reach out to the four kids of Bolton's to meet at the power plant, and Paradigm uh, and the cre two creatures he created attack the boys and inject them with shark DNA, and nothing happens. So Paradigm thinks, well, uh, just get rid of the bodies. I mean, nothing we're going to do about it. Um, so they went, the shark and the lobster person took them to a ditch and dumped them in there. And the boys somehow survived. And they were starving when they got out of the water, so they went and ransacked a hot dog stand. Well, once they started eating, they all turned into sharks. Human sharks. Um, and so everybody starts running away from them. <laughs> they end up saving an a some people from an accident, but they get freaked out because, again, they're sharks. Um, <laughs> and the lab assistant sends somebody to pick them up, and they all 
tear off in the van. And this part didn't make a ton of sense to me. I mean, up to this point, I was going to say this was somewhat of a believable comic. You know, good guy, bad guy, that kind of thing, right? They're driving by a billboard. One of the sharks opens up the side of the billboard, cuts a hole in the exact shape of the van they're driving into the billboard, and then parks the van in, in the billboard. So all the cops go chasing past them. Weird. Um, they end up going to a fair of some sort, and the lab assistant is like trying to calm people down and like, "Hey, look, this is a new thing we're checking out for a new uh, ride we have here at the park. Uh, they're called the Street Sharks, and obviously the bad guys break or show up, and they're going to go attack them. And all of a sudden, the military pulls up." with their tanks, and the street sharks just don't know what to do. And that's where it leaves off at. Um, I would probably ask for my money back on this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't great. Um, I now know why I didn't care anything about the street sharks. It is what it is. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, it didn't last very long. No, it was a three-issue, or the this series is actually a three-issue series. I don't remember the show lasting very long. And the toys were weird, if I remember right. Yeah. And they seemed like they had a lot of playability to them. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, it didn't stay around for very long, that's for sure. I remember that. <laughs> All right, that's what I had for... This week. Cool. You guys got any news at all? Um, no, I don't have anything. You want to talk about WandaVision, Nick? Sure. What'd you think? Brian, if you don't want to listen to this, you can you can go out if you want, but no, I, know you're, I'm... I don't know if you're going to watch it or not. I'm planning on watching it as soon as I get Disney Plus back. We don't have Disney Plus right now, so... Well, um, you can come on over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just come over Friday night. We'll, we'll just go through them all. I don't think I'll mind. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead and talk about them. Not a problem. Um... I don't know. It was nice to see her in the, the Scarlet Witch costume. Yeah. And you find out just how horrible those costumes would have been in the movie. In the movie, if they were real? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, oh, how are they going to explain these costumes? Like, yeah. I don't know who was who looked worse, the Vision or Pietro. I'm going to say Vision. Because <laughs> the hair, the hair doesn't work outside of comics. Nope. <laughs> and I think they made up they made a lot of fun with that, you know, giving speed the hair too. Yep. And the costume and stuff and yeah, so you, you can be like, you know, the costumes don't work in the in the movies, but the, they actually work a lot better than the, the ones from the books because the vision would only work if he was in the white costume. Yeah. And just seeing him in the old green and red was just like, oh, yeah, that's oh my ugly. god, god, that's ugly. 
That is... I saw screenshots of that. That was not a good look. That is... <laughs> no. And, you know, like I think one thing is that Marvel does well is they make you overthink it. You know, maybe, maybe it is just Wanda doing it. You know, maybe, maybe she's insane. You know, maybe there's no outside force trying to stop it. You know, maybe um, Grim Reaper and Simon aren't coming in. You know, it's it could just be Ultron messing with whatever is in her, wherever she's at, you know? Um, yeah. Who knows? I mean, it's all up in the air now. Yeah. And I think uh. it, it does, they do a really good job of making people look for things. You know, sometimes just planting something in there is not exactly an Easter egg. It's just them acknowledging the past of the comics. Yeah. Um, Piper's been watching the show with me and she noticed something that I did not when I watched it through the first time. The lady who's standing with the ghost and was putting her arm up and down. Uh-huh. Did, you, did you notice she was crying? Yeah. I didn't notice that yeah. until Piper pointed it out to me. Yeah, when he uh, she kind of like goes back and yeah, she starts to cry because yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. And then what were you going to say? No, it's like because they 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 might be being controlled to do things, but I think their brains are still in there, you know, they're just awake, but they can't control what's going on. Yeah. And how vision uh tries to break through. Mhm. I thought that was uh and he finds, uh, what's her name, Agnes, just sitting at a stop. Yep. Because the farther away from Wanda, they, the less control she has, and they're just all stopped. Yeah. 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 Um, when uh, I did think it was one of my favorite parts was when uh, Wiccan finds out that, I'm just going to call them by their comic names, because um, I can't ever keep the twins straight. Uh, when he when he sees that vision has gone outside of the the hex, and um, he stops speed dead in his tracks. Uh huh. I thought that was a really cool scene, and Speed was like, "That was awesome." <laughs> right. Yeah. I I can't wait for those kids to actually start getting more into their powers. Yeah. See what happens. Um, and, uh, we're going to see Darcy dressed up as a uh, Max from two broke girls next episode. Yay. <laughs> Cause she got sucked in at the end. Yep. What'd so maybe, she, yeah, she'll probably be the waitress, you know? Yeah. What'd you think of that when Wanda just expanded the hex? That was like I just wanted her to get that guy from Sword. I was like, "Come on, just get him. Just get, get him. him. Just, just get I him. I don't care. Just, just get, get that dickhead. You know." Yeah. But so, uh, I thought it was a good episode. They go by fast, no how, no matter how long they are. Yep. 
Yeah, there was so. one episode that was like, it just started. It's over? Yeah. It literally just started. And uh, what'd you think of uh, Pietro, you know, kind of break, you know. Breaking character? Breaking character and being like, how'd you do it? <laughs> right. She's like, hey, I'm not your husband. Uh, I'm your brother. We can talk about this, you know? Yep. Yeah, that was cool. And then when Vision's in trouble and he's like, what? Is your husband going to die twice? Your dead husband going to die <laughs> twice? And she knocks him across the... <laughs> yep. So, um, I, I'm, I'm a... It's... It leaves me wanting more every week. I'm like, every time. Why can't they just release the last episodes? Right. That's like... Yeah, everybody's like, uh, I stopped after four. I'm just going to binge them after that. Like, oh, yeah. God, why? Uh. Yeah. Why? Uh, my buddy Pat is waiting for it all to be on so he can binge it. I'm like, you've just been ruined by by Netflix. Right. So you're going to wait another six weeks yep. to watch all of it instead of watching it over the next six weeks. Yep. It's crazy. I don't get it. I'm definitely going to go back and watch it all through again. Yeah. Once it's over. But I'm enjoying the weekly episodes. Um, I also started watching Titans. Dude, that's so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, like I told I, I told you the other day, I, I was watching that first episode, and I was like, this ain't no Teen Titans Go. <laughs> no, and I'm glad. Yeah. I'm so I'm so sick of the happy Teen Titans. Yeah. I uh I'm on episode nine now. That Doom Patrol, you were right. That Doom Patrol episode was was weird. It's creepy. Dude, the yeah. the professor is such a creep. Like you yep. kind of wonder what he was going to do if he was actually going to save her or he was gonna But yeah, like He's always been really weird. Like he's the the even weirder Charles Xavier. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. That show's really good. Really, really good. Um I I just can't say enough about it. And the the Jason Todd episode was was good too. Where he just beats up on the cops. Have you gotten to that yet? Nope. Oh, sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> I figured somehow he was going to show up. I mean, it couldn't all just be Dick. Yeah, Jason Todd shows up and uh, Donna Troy shows up. What? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So. I'll stop talking now since you haven't read, you haven't gotten past a certain point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to to watch those when you have a kid constantly coming down and bugging you and asking what you're watching. Like, ah, oh, you can't watch this. Yeah, but that that's Robin. Yeah, but Robin just kicked the crap out of those guys. He's got blood all over him. Yeah, he just killed like six people. You know. Yeah. You know, he made Hawk and Dove look like a bunch of pussies, but it's okay. Yeah. That's the only problem. Like, everybody has powers, but Hawk and Dove don't. Like, what? Seriously? You have an alien. 
You have Corey, yeah. and you have Raven, and you have a guy that turns into green animals, but Hawk and yeah. Dove don't have the powers. Like uh, that's the only problem that I have with that show. But yeah, I did watch the new Harley Quinn cartoon. I watched that finally. the The adult one. Oh my god, there is a lot of cussing in that. So much. Does Kaylee Cuoco do a good job as Harley? She does great. Like I don't usually, you know how I feel about Harley is like she's overdone, but yeah, this is actually pretty funny. Like um, when she breaks up with the Joker, and she's she's like, he never loved me. He's never been in love with me. He loves Batman. Yeah. Oh my God, he loves Batman, and <laughs> like it's always been Batman. And <laughs> yeah, and she's always like talking to Batman, like how he fucks bats, and. Yeah, like she goes into like she falls into the the bat cave and she's like, oh, so this is where you fuck all the bats. <laughs> I got to catch it then. I oh got to watch it. Yeah, it's it's actually really funny. Like the the characters they bring in like Killer Shark or King Shark comes in and she doesn't really treat him like a monster. She's his her tech guy. Like he he's a hacker. So he's a giant shark <laughs> that sometimes eats people, but also just hacks everybody's computers. Um, Clayface is the typical actor. If you ever see like an interview with like Anne Hathaway, mm-hmm. like she never is out of the actor mode. Like she's always like in the role, right? And like he's always in a role. Like it's really funny. Like he's always looking for the backstory of somebody that he's going to imitate. They're like, we just need you to be a girl and go in there and act like you're, you're okay. Well, I'm going to be Mrs. Ferdinand, blah, blah, blah from Oakland, California. And my husband just left me. And like, he'll go through this whole monologue of like who he is to everybody. Like he'll imitate cops and be like, hello, fellow police officer. I am officer. I have just been, you know, it's really funny. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, ah, shoot, uh, Poison Ivy, she doesn't ever want to be in the Legion of Doom, and Harley really does, but they go to a party, and she meets Kite Man, and they start having sex. It's really funny. Like, <laughs> she's, she's really, he's always in costume, and she's like, can you just not? And like, she's always like dressed like uh, incognito whenever they go out. And he's like, we need to go out to dinner. And she's like, no, nah, how about a movie? It's dark. You know, <laughs> she doesn't want yeah. to be seen with cat, like Kite Man. And yeah, it's it's pretty funny. All right. I'll have to give it a check. I'll have to check it out. What did you guys think about uh, Gina being booted from Mandalorian? So, yeah, every. OK, one thing. When we were younger, you had the ability to say whatever the fuck you wanted to. Right. Yes. Like, if this was the past, all these guys and all these ladies from, like, the 60s through the 70s, Mel Brooks would not have a career now. Like, he, and it's it's just to a point where we got to stop listening to people complaining on social media and just grow our backbones again, you know? People have the right to say what they want and have their own opinions, just because somebody puts something up on like Twitter that you don't agree with, are you supposed to get fired for that? Should you get fired from being an actor 
for saying something. You know, it's just like, I don't care your personal political views. I don't care. You, we all have them and we all need to recognize that people have other views than we do. And being fired for just being an outright, I'll say a, a pain in the ass that, you know, you shouldn't be fired for that. You should be fired for what you, you know, if you fuck up on the, the screen or you, you go to the, you're always late to the show, you know, that, that should be where you get fired from. Not, Hey, I, I put something up on Twitter. Hey, guess what? My entire career is over. Yeah. Like, no, I, I just don't see it. I mean, if that was true, every Trumper in the nation would not have a job. Yeah. A lot of stuff I saw was it's because they have a morality clause. And she had been talked to like four times about not posting this stuff on social media because it, of the contract she signed. Well, that's that's fine. If it's actually in her contract, then... Yeah, and she went against it, then yeah, she should be fired for it. But because because people were saying because Pedro Pascal compared um, kids uh, kids coming to the border, being rounded up and put it in cages was just like Jews being put in cages before. Yeah, Jewish, you know. Well, they they sat him down and they said, "Hey, don't do this," right? And he hasn't posted anything since. They sat down with Gina for like four times before they even gave her a warning. And we're yeah. like, you, you need to stop. And she promised to stop doing it. And I agree that everybody should be able to say what they want. So please don't attack me. Yeah, I agree that the cancellation. How dare cancel, you? Ca cancellation of her action figure was canceled. That that is personal. I get. I agree with that, Scott. Um, I don't know. It's it's a weird world we live in. Where, I I don't know. It's just. I didn't have any pro. I I just fo tried to focus on her character, not on what she was saying. I didn't even know what she said. I don't follow her because I don't agree with her opinions. You know, that's something that you can do, right? Right. But where do, where does it stop? Like, do do we like um like boycott Ford because Ford was a huge he was an anti Nazi sympathizer. He was an anti-Semite. Right, and he sent trucks, trucks and stuff over to the Nazis. Do we stop buying Hugo Boss because they made Nazi uniforms? You know, Disney, Disney, Walt Disney right. was an anti-Semite. Right. Do, when, where does this stop? Do we go back in the past? Do we like get rid of John Wayne movies? Do we get rid of Marx Brothers stuff because they they said darky in one episode, like movie, like you know? Do we go back to our and re-edit everything? and sanitize everything you know cancel culture is one thing but it works in both ways yes. like you can get rid of i don't care get rid of every um statue in the south of confederate soldiers fine do it you know but you also have to realize that if when you keep doing this you're going to have to go back through and sanitize everything yeah you know and 
there there's there there has to be somewhere that we stop and just realize that the past is the past people can say things that they want to and we need to just stop you know um thanks nate not and you know it we we kind of just have got this huge problem where Facebook and social media have programmed us to think one way. Like they're only showing us one side of arguments. Like let's say I'm a Democrat, right? So they're going to only show me pro-Democrat, anti-Republican stuff. They're not going to show me the other side. So when they do show me something from the Republican side, it's slanted, right? And it's also slanted from the Democrat side. So what we have to really do is stop looking at this and just go back to how we were in the 90s when we didn't have cell phones. We actually read books. We went to the library. We read the paper. We we had opinions of our own, but we weren't getting fired for those opinions. It just, uh I'm surprised our show is still on the air for some of the stuff that I've said, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I, I think with, it all goes back to when the fairness doctrine was gotten rid of by Reagan. Thank you. Yes. And equal time. You yes. have, you have to go back to that. You have to get rid of Fox news. You have to get rid of the slanted, all of the, the the so-called news stations yes there there's most of what we get right now is opinion unbacked opinion of stuff and it's recycled from every news source when you when you watch like the daily show when it, when they would show news clips from around the nation and they were all the same thing you know we should uh, not have conglomerates running our news stations. I agree. It's as simple as that. I mean, th- we should go back to how it was when you couldn't have uh, more than one or two newspapers under your belt. You couldn't have so many radio stations that you control. Yeah. The only news that I usually watch is the news at 530, the world news. Because they're just reporting what happened that day. Right. It's not... Well, you know, I don't know. Don't get me started. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny because everybody's like, you know, COVID's a, a, like a democratic hoax, right? Yep. And you watch, which I do, we watch a lot of Korean TV because Sonia's mom's Korean and we have like satellite from Korea here. So we get to see the different part of the world's view on it. It's yes. not an American hoax. It's not something that only America is dealing with. This is right. nationwide. And like, you, this is like planet wide that people are fucking dying. And America is just sitting here on his ass thinking that it's just some democratic hoax. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, this is, this is not political. This is saving humans lives. And yeah. w- and yeah, and 
you know, people can get frustrated by watching American TV, but when you watch news from around the world and watching how many people are over there too, you know, it's not just here. Yeah. And it drives me bonkers when my, like people that I know are just like, it's not real. It's overinflated. Like Ryan and I went to a con and there was a guy selling comics and Kirk, you were there. And he yeah. was talking about how COVID didn't kill these people. Old age did. And it's like COVID might, it's on their death certificate that they died of COVID, but they were, they were only going to live for like one more year. Yeah. Well, maybe they would have lived for like two more years, maybe three more. It, COVID got them early. I saw, I was doing paperwork for a guy setting up an account, you know, for a guy that died last month. He was my age. He had no pre-existing conditions. He had nothing. And on his death certificate, it said COVID. And that freaks me the fuck out. I, I had a close friend pass away last month. Um, he had COVID. He had beaten it. But he died of a heart attack. And then it's coming out that COVID is messing with your heart. It's messing with your lungs. We don't know what the lasting, you know, the lasting, you know, conditions are going to be from this. You know? Right. And he had diabetes. So he was, he was in that percentage. But yeah, it scared the shit out of me. Somebody, and it, I'm still trying to process that he's not here anymore. Right. But, and somebody saying, well, it didn't have any, you know, somebody saying COVID doesn't have to do with any of these deaths. I'm like, he was perfectly fine before he got COVID. Right. You know, Uh, he had had diabetes. He dropped a ton of weight. He was getting healthy, you know, and now, you know, I, I, I wish some of these people would just, well, it doesn't affect me. So why should I care? Right. Not thinking thinking of all the people who have lost people. Exactly. And there's a lady at work. She got it and she's, she's been free of it for about a month and she still feels like she's getting bit by bugs every five seconds. Yeah. Like, we don't know what this is going to do to us. And we also know that this thing is not ever going to go away. No. There was a thing on uh, C, uh, CNBC, I think it was, that they were uh, they were saying that COVID is never going to go away. It's always going to be with us now. Because we did nothing. You know, we, we got a couple vaccines. Great. But it's mutated now, you know. And it's always going to mutate. It's going to be like the flu. Yep. You know, and scary as shit. They're thinking um, about like closing Florida again. And it's yeah. like, no, I have vacation next month. You know, uh, <laughs> two yeah. months. Well, truthfully, they should probably close Florida just because it's Florida. <laughs> well, here's listen to this. No offense, Scott. <laughs> so I went to my mom's right, and Piper and I were out shopping, and she was telling me how her grandma on her mom's side is refusing to get the vaccine because she doesn't think she needs it. She never gets a flu shot. She never gets, you know, but her grandpa on that side is already gotten his first one. is going to get his second one. And, you know, 
Piper will give her grandma endless amount of shit. Right? You should get it, you know. So we went to my mom's, and my mom says she's not getting the vaccine. Because it's not FDA approved, and it's making people sick. Right? Now juxtapose that with my dad, who lives in Florida, like Scott. They volunteer at an old folks home, right? They, they volunteer in the gym. And my dad has worn a mask. He's stayed home. He's social distanced. All of this stuff, right? He's, and he's, I don't want to say this. He's not, he's Republican. But he's not so, he's not a right Way, you know, way right leaning Republican that watches like OAN and OANN and Newsmax and all of that. He actually gets his news from reading the paper and he listens to NPR and he listens, he watches CNN and then he watches Fox News and then he watches, you know, MSNBC and he gets all his information, right? And my dad has, a, my dad is on his second. Um, inoculation. So is my stepmom. And I told him that my mom said that she's not getting it because she thinks it gives you COVID. She believes the conspiracy theories. She doesn't trust the science. And my dad was like, I thought she was smarter than that. See, that's what I'm saying is like, we got it like, when did we stop believing science? When we were told not to. We, they were told not to for like four years that scientists were stupid. And, you know, the smart people are out to get us. The so we need, to get, we need to get rid of those elitist smart people who went to college. And they're only going to get you into trouble. And they're going to want you dead. And th- this is a conspiracy series. You know, I used to really love reading conspiracy theories. but So I, did I. I can't. It's so horrible. Like, it's just like you can't believe these, right? Um, go do your research. Go, don't read everything you read on Facebook. <coughs> you can't believe everything you read on Twitter, and a lot of people do. And it's just like that's not where you get your news. You shouldn't get your news from from social media. You're right. Like, when did when did we stop listening to our doctors? You know, I don't, I just, I, well, they're, they're only, they're, they're being paid by big pharma to, you know, keep us sick. Sometimes I wonder. I do too. I, <laughs> because well, look at all the conditions your sister has and they're saying, oh, nothing's wrong with you. Right. Here's another pill. Yep. And, you know, like, uh, instead of looking for the underlying cause, they're just going to give you something to kill the pain. And it's like, that's. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I got I got put on some stuff and I was like I took it and my brain shut off. Like I yeah. couldn't take it anymore. Like um it was like, "Hey, here's a antidepressant for you. Um we're going to start you low, but then we're going to bring you up." And it was like I woke up the next day and I felt like my brain died. I yeah. mean, there's there's other stuff that I started taking and I was just like, "You know, I can't do this anymore." Um, 
don't don't do this. Melatonin fucks me up too. Yeah. Like there was one one more one night. Sonia was like, "Here, just take this before going to sleep. You'll sleep fine." I don't have problems sleeping. Sleep apnea will do that to you. You you don't have to worry about sleeping. Nope. Because you're going You're pretty much dead when you're asleep. And so she gave me melatonin and I was like a complete zombie the next day too. Like my brain was just like, you know what? I didn't get any oxygen last night because you put my body to sleep. So yeah, I, I medication, man. I, I swear to God that there's something that we're, we're over medicated. We're under, under informed about a lot of stuff and it's almost like a brave new world where the everybody's over <laughs> over drugged they don't care what's going on in society and have you seen the movie equilibrium oh uh, yeah a long time ago where they make you take drugs yeah. and keep you docile well it's it's getting to that point because what we're doing we're like i said last time we're cutting the budgets for schools yeah just keeping us dumb and that's not a conspiracy theory. Look at how much money has been filtered out of schools for other things. Yep. Our test scores have fallen. Our college completions have fallen. Our college entrances have fallen. You know, we're... And it's not just the the fluoride in your water. Yeah. Although fluoride is what makes up Prozac. So... So I had Piper watch a lecture from Henry Rollins yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And it was talking about how he feels that everybody should get a passport and that everybody should travel to different countries. Not so you can't really do that at the moment, but he said that way you get an education about what different cultures are like, right? He'll, he says he'll, he went to Iran. He flew to Iran and he just walked the streets until somebody said hi to him. And, you know, they were like, well, what, um, who are you looking for? Right. And he says, I'm looking for you. How are you? My name's Henry. Right. And he just talked to a bunch of locals and they don't want war with America. You know, they want peace. And, and he said it's the same way in all these other countries that he goes to. And I said, that's what I said to Piper. I said, I want you to you be able to travel the world. Right. I don't want you stuck in middle America, Nebraska. Where you, you just, you know, you turn into a vegetable because you're not getting, we're, we're kind of diversifying as a city here in Omaha, but not as much as we should be. Right. You know, and I just, I want her to, I want her, she's already been out of the country, but she's been to Jamaica but she hasn't seen the real Jamaica, right? 
She stays on the resort. She doesn't leave the resort. Um, I wish I had traveled more as a, when I was in my 20s. He says, when you start traveling around and you meet these people, going to war with some of them just goes away. You, you start to become like, well, why are we going to, you know, why are we going to bomb people? You know, it was just it, he's he's a really interesting guy. I, I know we were talking about it yesterday. Um, but, you know, he 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 talked about how he got um, called by the USO. Right. And it's during Bush's administration. And. He says, are you sh- I'm, I'm ready to go tomorrow. Are you sure you want me to go and talk to the troops? And he's like, here, here's some sites. Go, go listen to me. And then, you know, talk to me. So they call, they go, they hang up. They, and then they call him like three days later and they're like, you got a fucking foul mouth. Right. And you're like, yes. He's like, they're like, and you're against the war, yes. But I'm not against the troops because they're just going where they're sent. And he said he does tours through Walter Reed and Bethesda Medical Center, and he talks to the troop, you know, the injured. And he mm-hmm. says that that'll make you angry. That we're dying for Halliburton, our young people are dying for Halliburton's profit margin. You know? Right. And he's just, if you, if you have a better worldview, you don't, you tend not to, you know, you, you tend not to want to go to war with most people if you understand what people are going through. Right? So, and, this is bad. She fell asleep. (laughs) She fell asleep, and I was like, oh, man. I was like, okay. But, you know, at least she tried, right? Um, I know we kind of got off topic here, so that's sorry about that, guys. <laughs> but we always do. I uh, I just find the man fascinating. He just, you know, just his advocacy and his activism is often awesome. You know. Thanks, Scott. I don't have an outlet because political view-wise, my family and I don't get along. So we tend not to talk about it. And I have no outlet to talk about it because I don't want people, you know, because I think a certain way, I I don't want to be called, you know, it always degrades into name calling. 
we have lost the ability to have a civil conversation in this country. So on that, on that note, right? So when I was in college and I was in a class for experimental photography, right? And I was really learning, like getting into like photo collages, right? And I, I made, yeah, I, I made a couple, right? And it wasn't really for the class. It was just more for myself. And I, I explained it in the class, like what it was for. And my teacher was like, really understanding. He was like, you know, this isn't really what the class is about, but sometimes you have to just get it out. You know, sometimes even this, though this doesn't fit the assignment, there was something inside of you that just had to get out, right? You had yeah. to get this out on paper. And I think sometimes we just have to get it out. No matter, like even this is a comic book show, but sometimes we just feel better just by letting it out. You know, it's, like something that yeah. you're, you you had to say. And I'm not going to stop anybody from saying what they want to on here. You know, yeah. if you, you want to talk about stuff that's not comic related or game or movie or whatever, dude, fine, do it. Because it's something that's going to make you feel better. It's going to make maybe somebody else see the way that you see it. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's no, there's, you know, there's no filter for us. So, yeah. And I, you know, I, I miss, you know, being able to, you know, I can say something like, I am a big advocate for gay rights. Okay. And I have certain family members that believe that that's an abomination and they're going to die in hell. And they're not afraid to tell me that. And I just don't see how or why they shouldn't have the same. There's nothing about this country that should be religion based. I don't know when we became, you know, I don't know. I just, I think you you love who you love. You marry who you marry. As long as you're not, you know, diddling little kids or murdering somebody, I could give a shit what you do in your own home. Um, it's weird because, okay, I'll say something. Like, um, growing up here, like, I think went to high school in the nineties. So, yes. you know, um, people were still afraid to come out of the closet at the time. And yes. there was a lot of kids probably in my high school that were closeted homosexuals. And right. we went to the same school and I'll agree with that. Right. And, you know, you're, you, you can you grow up in the middle of the country. You, you don't realize that there are, you know, people who like, things other than you, right? You, you think that, you know, everything here was homogenized, everything, everything here was the same. And when I moved to Minneapolis, like my world was rocked, right? Yeah. Like I, 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 I never saw two guys kiss. I never saw two girls kiss. I never saw two guys hold hands. I never saw two girls hold hands. I never, you know, and I started getting like gay friends and it was amazing. Right. Yes. Like I 
my 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 world completely changed my my views like i grew up here as a republican i moved up there and i moved back as a democrat like same like like i i just it's yeah. crazy like when you when you uh see another like even in the same country you go to another city and the the culture is completely different right like uh i never went to a gay club here i went to a gay club up there you know my i have friends that you know we went to a drag show and it was like you know i i missed all of this in like my early 20s like yeah. i like like i i I, I didn't see this whole other side of the world, right? I just, I, I was living in my own little box. I never experienced anything. And then when I moved up there, it was like, what's the big deal? You know, like, why, what's, I, I don't get it. I, you know, and now I'm just like, love who you love. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, um, I, I I always joke that I want my daughter to be a lesbian, and it's not because I want her to be gay. It's because I don't want to. <laughs> I I'm like when you have a girl, you uh, when you have a boy, you have to worry about one dick, right? Yep. When, when you have a girl, you have to worry girl, about you have every, to worry every everybody dick else in the world. Yes. And um, so I'm like, you know, I just want her to be safe. You know, I don't I don't care if she turns out to be that way or not. Um, and if it is, that's fine. I have friends that told me that if their kids were gay, that they would disown them. And yep. that is from living here. That, okay. that is here. So, and I was like, no, you know, I've, I've known you for about 20 years, dude. You are going to love that kid. You know, there's, you're going to realize that whatever belief you have is going to go out of the window when your your son or daughter comes to you and tells you something and you're going to know that before they do yeah you know so it's like ugh. so hi my name is kirk and i'm a former republican um i was very homophobic and i started dating piper's mom she drives me nuts Things didn't work out, but the one thing I always credit her with is she sabotaged me one night and said, we're going to go to this club here in town. Um, do you want to go? And I said, sure. And we went to a club called The Max. It's a gay nightclub. I didn't know that at the time, and they were having an underwear show. So here I am, sheltered, you know, raised in Omaha. And I walk in, and my first time experience this kind of culture, they're having a lingerie show for men. And she introduced me to this, this culture, right? And I started... Her friend, she had like a lot of gay friends, and I became friends with them, and I'm still friends with them today. It changed my opinion when I, when I met these people, and I found out, hey, they're not going to try to turn me gay. Right? And they're some of the funniest and nicest people I've ever met. And... 
so I have that's when I changed my views and then um, this past Chris I'll tell you a story I have a equality sticker on the back of my car and the reason the equality sticker on the back of the car is there is to get dig a little needle at my family who I told you believe that they're gonna burn in hell so every time that we go over they see that because it's just a passive aggressive way of me saying hey this is what I think and I you know and then this past Christmas I was in the kitchen and we were talking and my mom was there and my brother was there in the kitchen and Piper was there and I said, I really hope, and I said it really loud, like you said, I really hope that Piper turns out to be a lesbian. And my nephew said, did I fucking just hear that in the other room to Teresa? And she had heard me say it. And she said, what'd you hear? And he said, I'm not going to repeat it, you know. And then my brother gave me this look, like, I can't believe you just said that. And I don't care if she's straight or if she's gay, I just want her to be happy. Now, what do you think the reaction is going to be that if she does turn out? It's your fault. To be gay. It's going to be my fault. It's going to be your fault. You did it. You brainwashed her. Yeah. Right? You know? She's going to get shunned by people who she thinks loves her. You know? Yep. What is ultra-conservative grandma going to think when the apple of her eye granddaughter could be a lesbian? Or she could be, you know, trans. And I, and I think about this stuff, and I'm like, we, we come, you know, we, we, we made baby steps. Why does everything have to be taken and have people go kicking and screaming with progress? Because we want it to be like the 50s. Yeah, I know. It's just... I I don't know. It just no. Yeah, I get it. You know, how did how did somebody who raised me uh, you know, a certain way turn out to be a person who is the complete antithesis of what she taught me growing up? How is that? Yeah. You know? I don't know. It it yeah, it will be my fault. And I'll gladly take the heat for it. 
because as long as long as she's well adjusted and she's happy, I will have done my job. You know? Right. So hopefully the next generation will be uh we'll start to see actual change take place, I hope. So, anyway, that was my rant. How are you guys doing? <laughs> you know, same old crap. <laughs> so, I finally finished editing 40 images for my Etsy page. 40. So, um, if you go to Etsy.com and you go to shop or Etsy.com slash shop slash negative space images... You can see all the shit that I put up there so far. Like there are some that I am going to order for myself, which is funny because I'm the one who made them, but I'm going to order them. Um, I, uh, it was a lot of fun, but it was a lot of work. Like, yeah. like I said, like some, I would be down here uh, from like after work from five until one in the morning working on these. And like, oh God, you know, but it was, it was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, like, uh, like I'm going to probably order this blanket of one of the phantom ladies that I edited. Yeah. Like it is a gorgeous blanket. Like it is so awesome. Like I can't I just want to get it and now I have to go through and um put them up, but I also have to go through Photoshop again and resize them. So that is crashing my computer a lot, so it's going to be a little bit longer, but it it should be there i don't know like i found a ton of stuff that i want to work on still and i'm like i don't know if i want to like there there there's just so much like old golden age stuff that i want to work on like when i'm working on it i don't feel like i'm ruining them you know, like some people are going to be like, you ruined it. Like it's, it no longer has the creases on it. No longer has the stuff on the side. It has the rips are gone. You know, the colors are corrected. I'm not ruining it. I'm how, when I'm working on them, I feel like I'm channeling the original artist and bringing out what they would have wanted if they had the technology of today. Right. Yeah. So a lot of them, which the ones that I really like doing is everybody can go out and find a cover and fix it. Right. What I really like doing is going inside and finding a panel or a splash page or something like that and color correcting it, like taking out all the, the bleed and making the, the, the standout character more prominent than the background and 
by doing this, I've I've found so many different characters that I really really like. Like, um, you know, there's the typical like the Black Terror and you know Classic Man and stuff like that. But there are so many cool characters that we don't even think about anymore. Yeah, and there, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, you can read all the Captain Marvel Jr. and Captain Marvel and Captain Mary Marvel and stuff that you want, but you kind of want to go back and read like a Lady Luck or some Phantoma or some Sky Girl or... It's just... There's, like, Lady Luck is amazing. It, it has the feel of an old plastic man, but... Like, the, just the design inside the comic is amazing. Like, um, learning some of these old creators, like Matt Baker, who did all the old, like, uh, good girl stuff. He he did a lot of, like, Phantom Lady. He did, like, a, a lot of, like, the Jungle comics. He did a lot of, like, romance stuff. And when you realize that he was African-American and he died in his 30s from a heart attack... You, you're like, oh my god, what could this guy have done if he would have stayed around? You know, like, if he, if his stuff would have made it through the comic code, like, what would he have done? Right? Yeah. Like, like, just, some of these guys, like, like, you, you think of, like, certain comic, like, Golden Age stuff, and you're like, oh my god, that is horrible. You know, like, the artwork, they did it really fast because they just wanted to get, you know, we have to do 50 pages in this week. Right, let's get it done. And a lot of it looks like crap, but when you dive in and you like start looking at these things and you're like, Holy crap, this is gorgeous. Like this beats a lot of stuff that we have today. Like um you got like early Will Eisner, you have um early Frank Frazetta, you know, and you get to see like where they were in the beginning, and you also get to see like how horribly racist some of this stuff was. Like, you might really love reading the spirit, but holy shit, that is a racist piece of crap. Like, it, there's like <laughs> there's a guy named Ebony in it. Like there, and he is yeah. It it is one of the most racist things I've ever seen in my life. Okay, great. You love the spirit, but dive in and find out just how racist that book is. You know. Um, there are yeah there are some books that were like like uh, used for the seduction of the innocent like this comic book called Torchy about this hot blonde right and how, how totally inappropriate this is for kids and when you read it you're like this is the tamest thing ever yeah occasionally you see her back you see her bra oh my oh. god oh like they would never have seen their mom in their bra. Oh my God. Right. I'm and, still traumatized from that. Don't bring that up. <laughs> and well, I'm so used to Soph. Like Sophie walks in on us, like when we're changing clothes. So yeah. she, she sees, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm in my underwear. Thank God. But she's always like, this, this is not anything that's going to, you know, Oh my God. She sees a cartoon character in a bra. Like, oh. how is that going to affect anything? Like, there's more now, you know? And you look back at the 50s and you're like, 
you were mad about this. You were mad about some of the, the, the horror comics were a little bit over the top, but some of these that they brought in, like the like the girl, like Canteen Kate or, you know, Senorita Rio or Sheena or whatever. And they were like, this is this is offensive. And it's like, well, it's just a girl in a bikini. Right. And you, you're not even really reading the morals of this. So you guys are just basing it off of how it looks and putting your own spin on it, which I'm like, oh, my God, just read it. It's funny. It's good. It's weird. And a lot of it's really tame. Like when I read that, uh, that bad girl confession, you know, that was the lamest story I've ever read in my life about a good girl who just couldn't find love. You mean it wasn't like letters to penthouse? No, <laughs> I wish. that would have actually been worth, you know, going like this shouldn't be on kids comics. No, that shouldn't be on kids comics. But this book was just about a girl who couldn't find things and she did things wrong. You're like, oh my god, that oh we better we better put a nip on this. You know, we better stop publishing that. Yeah, and there are other ones that just got through that were just like, holy crap, how did this get? You know. But yeah, I don't know. There's some really good art and some really good stories out there, but a lot of people are just like, it's old. I'm not reading it. Yeah, it's too wordy. Um, well, like when we went back and read that Green Lantern with Alan Scott. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've read some stuff that when you read that, that Green Lantern, you feel that you're in 1939. And this is how they all are. Well, that's not how they all are, right? Um, a lot of that stuff was that way, but that was also the publisher just being like, put it out. Who cares what it's like, you know? But there, there, I, like, I found some amazing artists, amazing covers, some amazing publishers that are no longer around. There is a lot of crap out there, but once you dig in and you find the little gold nuggets, you're you're just like, now this is cool, you know. Awesome. But yeah, there 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 <laughs> there's some stuff that was um, sent out to the Navy and the Army mm-hmm. that I found, and it's just like one panel comics that make the the comics and Playboy look tame. Like this was just sent out to GIs. Like, yeah, you dirty fuckers. You <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm having a lot of fun. Awesome. Uh I do have a documentary to recommend. Um I did watch Batman and Bill on Hulu. That is great. And it talks about the crusade to get credit for Bill Finger, who, depending on what you believe, was the uh, creator of Batman. Oh, he created Batman. Have you seen the original sketches for Batman that uh, yeah, 
That's what I'm saying. He yeah. he he came up with the suit. He created Robin. He created Catwoman. Uh, he created Tuesday, Joker. He, he created Gotham. Gotham. The Wayne Manor. Yeah. Um. I was really I really enjoyed it and how this author, you know, they didn't think that he had any heirs, but he did have a son. But he was gay, and they didn't think that he had any heirs. So it was about the search to find an heir to Finger's legacy to prove that he, you know, created it. It was it was a really good documentary. Um, it, you know, how he died, how Bob Kane became rich, is credited with everything for Batman, and he died in obscurity and penniless. And he's buried in a in a potter's grave. You know, he doesn't have he, you know he doesn't have a, a gravestone. He died destitute, so they just put him in a pauper's cemetery. You know, and you know, it talks about the fight to get credit for him. And how they finally, DC, or Warner Brothers, I guess, finally conceded to giving credit. And now anything going forward from, what was it? Uh, Batman v Superman will be credited uh, to Bob Kane and Bill Finger. So it was a really fascinating documentary. Uh, So... That was one of the things that I enjoyed. I watched also. So I think that's all I got. Cool. Yeah, it's uh it's nine o'clock, so I think we should probably talk to Scott real quick. Okay. okay. <laughs> Hi guys. Hey, it's Scott. got terrible timing. No, man, it's cool. (laughs) No, I've never been cool. (laughs) But I take my compliments where I can get them. No, I I liked the uh, discussion tonight, and I uh, don't mind uh, one bit that you guys uh, have uh, touched on uh, different social issues. Because I... I've come to the opinion that uh, keeping that separate from nerdy topics is kind of an artificial divide. And it's always sort of forced when it happens. I agree. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it is what it is. And um, it has its place. If somebody is looking for a uh comic book show which has uh, no social commentary and um, never mentions politics, I'm sure that they can find something like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a ton. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Uh, do you guys want a webcomic review or you want me to save it for next week? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, man. Uh, okay. Um, uh, uh, thanks that you should mention the, uh, girl comics, because uh, I'm going to talk about a romance real quick. Uh, this is a 
title on Tapas that I stumbled on, and it is called Sandwich Love. Uh, where are my notes? Okay, by Fuyu Dust, who I think is Korean, but that's just my best guess. So I'm going to post a few images here in the Discord channel because the artwork, like a lot of these Korean comics, is very highly polished. There's been a lot of CGI retouching, and it's gorgeous stuff. So initially, I started reading this, and I liked it, but I came to the eventual decision that I'm going to give this comic a bad review. I actually don't like it as much as I originally thought that I did. And maybe not for the reasons that you think. Okay. Now, the title uh, refers to a polygamous relationship. Sandwich love. So the main character is this. You got this one chick, and you got these two dudes. It's a three-way, three-way romance. And, but that's not what I dislike about it. I dislike these characters. I mean, I really hate these characters. The your uh, female protagonist, Chi has no personality whatsoever. And I mean none. She says maybe ten words throughout the entire length of the series. Uh, you don't know what she likes. You don't know what she doesn't like. And 